0: there and welcome to our podcast it's called Cosplaying cocktails this is Paige, and i'm jesse as always as always uh jesse happy
1: second episode of the new season it sounds um, official it is it is official season four we've made it longer yeah.
0: than like any ricky gervais show um, we made it further than firefly I did make it farther than firefly
1: let it be known listener i'm sad that firefly only had one not even a full season
0: someone is gonna be like these bitches get four seasons and firefly got canceled after one what (laughs) the fuck that's because we don't answer to anyone we 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 don't don't, answer to fox i like you such a badass we don't answer to anyone we don't answer to fox we're gonna keep we're gonna have a hundred seasons I mean, I think all of this
1: just to say, we're really glad to be in season four officially now. Yeah. Cocktail corner. Um, I had a Paloma, which probably doesn't sound good to you, Jesse, because it's grapefruit. Yeah,
0: I knew it was um, I knew but it I, I've had a Paloma before.
1: I love grapefruit. And this was really good. It was like a canned one, like a pre-made canned one.
0: And it was really freaking good. I'm a fan.
1: I don't know that I've ever had one
0: before. I've had one. It's easy on the grapefruit, the one I had. Uh, Does
1: it come in other flavors or is it always grapefruit? I've only ever seen grapefruit.
0: Only grapefruit. I think a Paloma is by definition grapefruit. One part tequila, three parts grapefruit soda.
1: This had, so this had um, vodka in it too.
0: So maybe that's why I was giving white. I can't imagine that your canned Target Paloma would not have the traditional cocktail ingredients. <laughs> uh, so, um, uh,
1: listener, maybe maybe I need to have a real Paloma because uh, I don't think I've ever had one with tequila. I know this was grapefruit and vodka. And what was the thing? I was reading you the can. What was it? Like plum? Sweet, something plum? Or something. Purple sweet purple potato. Purple sweet potato. Yes. So the can said, like, uh, grapefruit and vodka and purple sweet potato and then as i was reading it it was because like for the coloring but i didn't i just drank it straight out of the can so i didn't ever see the coloring uh. weird weird <laughs> jesse you feeling curious about anything
0: yes i am curious about something. something <laughs> Uh, so again, this will foreshadow the episode, but mm-hmm. have you ever thought about or do you think you ever would make a costume out of all one material? like all one, you know, like only Warbla or only EVA foam or only only one thing? Yeah so
1: I think that it is a really cool idea and I am really impressed um, when people do things like that and I think just like it just takes the creativity to a whole nother level right because uh you know we talk about all the time like how doing mashups or you know gender bin or whatever like how we have to kind of think out of the box and we're not just like taking something from the screen and replicating it like we have to kind of plan and think about you know how much percentage of is it of it is going to be historical and how much of it is going to be like character driven so and I think that takes a lot of creativity and I think it would take a lot of creativity to figure out how to use one material for an entire costume I don't know how I would ever do it because I'm not good enough like sewing at this point is my strong suit <laughs> and i'm not good enough with um Orbla or eva from or any of that to even somewhat feel confident to tackle something like that but i think it would be something maybe to strive for I, yeah i think it's i think it's a very cool idea and i think that it would be an interesting challenge but i think that i've got a long way to go before that is me
0: what about you i've thought about it whether or not it will happen anytime soon is but uh, i would like to one day do an all yarn costume yeah
1: you've talked about like, yeah I, I knew that's yeah. what you were going to say as soon as you started talking
0: yeah. or it would have to be a character that lends itself to doing that and it would also have to be a convention that like, I probably wouldn't want to do that for Dragon Con unless I used a real lightweight yarn. Yeah, so probably like the only the only thing that I would ever, you know, that I would like to maybe one day attempt is an all yarn costume. Either all knit or all crochet or a mixture of the two. Anyway, the, the end um so we have a
1: really exciting episode today we have an interview for you so give a big welcome to brian who you may know as perler tricks thank you so much for being on with us today
2: oh thank you for having me i'm looking forward to it
1: yeah so we actually met you at st louis fan expo this year and you mentioned several times that um that specific convention was one of our favorites for just the cosplay programming they had. We thought every cosplay panel we went to was top notch there and we were so excited. And we were really excited because we actually learned quite a bit from your panels. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. And- That's what I always want to hear. (laughs) Yeah, right, that's that's the point, right? So we were really excited when you agreed to come on with us. Um, We just think you probably have a wealth of knowledge to share. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, I hope so. Um, <laughs> I love, love doing panels when I hear someone like took something from it and did something with it. That's like my ultimate like feather in my cap.
0: It was when I was working on painting a a blazer and I tried dyeing it and it didn't work. So then I decided I was gonna paint it and I looked up a lot of different ideas online and I had tried painting like a test and it was really really stiff and it was bleeding really bad and it didn't look good so we kind of abandoned that completely because I was like I don't know what I'm gonna do like it needs to be you know eight different colors and I can't get them not to look terrible, or if it looks decent, then it's really, really stiff. And we were watching, we were in one of your panels and you mentioned that there's a medium that you can add to paint, like a fabric medium.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: That you can, and pa- Paige and I looked at each other and we we're like, <gasps> like, <I don't laughs> dad, I like, I'm like, write that down, text it to me or something. And then I think later you messaged it to Paige on Instagram or something yeah uh which I was like oh that was so cool like what a what a nice thing to do to help out a fellow cosplayer
2: when I got uh, play, it was kind of the time when there was I don't know it was all over but around my area people were a little close to the vest with how they made things and I never really dug that so if ever I have anything I can share I'm all about just like vomiting all the share out of that I can
1: yeah, we're kind of the same way. We're like, you know, our ways might not be the right way to do it, but here's how we did it in case anybody can learn from our mistakes. or yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I like to think that when we like describe how we do something like this is definitely like the, the way to do it if you are strapped for time and or money and uh, you tried seven other things and they haven't worked or you've tried something and it's beyond your skill level. Like we have the quick and dirty like <laughs> don't don't look not on, on everything some of our things are yeah. not all quick and dirty <laughs> no yeah like some things yeah like especially now th- I think those are our most helpful I guess advice because right we're not really experts at any anything cosplay wise no? there's nothing that I would be like oh yeah like we are top tier in this field of making xyz so there's probably gonna be someone else's tutorial that's better if you want to do like the absolute best version. But if you want like if you want a tutorial on how to do it when you are on your last rope and you've tried everything else <laughs> We're your girls. Yep. Yeah, I think th- I think that's <laughs> I think that's our niche as far as like sharing information or sharing tutorials. <laughs> and I honestly like having you know other cosplayers like you on to you know we learn along with the listeners a lot and of then times. we're not
1: just giving a bunch of bad advice yeah, we're I mean, like here let good. let the people that really know what they're doing talk
0: yeah if you are trying to get a sword through tsa and they don't let you they you called the airline you called tsa twice and they said it'd be fine and then it wasn't fine so you need a. Uh. You need a last minute idea to pack a cosplay prop we'll that, tell you
1: exactly how to right. wrap lululemon yeah. leggings around a sword yeah. to protect
0: it yeah put your bathing suit and uh yoga pants around it and that you know <laughs> then you can pretend like that was your plan uh all along so so that's how we know
1: you um but yeah. why don't you kind of tell everybody how you got into this crazy hobby
2: well um i have been cosplaying. I guess it's always weird splitting hairs about what I did and what I didn't. I'm a high school art teacher so I have a background in photography and sculpture and installation art and things like that and that was really my art form for a long time but then I actually fell into the whole like zombie walk thing that was really big when The Walking Dead first came out. Oh yeah. And I did a whole lot of like zombie horror costumes like They actually had Walking Dead Day here in Kentucky because the guy who wrote Walking Dead is from Kentucky. And like in his hometown, like I was I won best most most decomposed. I think that's what it was called. But that's really what got me into costuming. But I I had gone to a lot of conventions, but never had the nerve to really do cosplay at a convention. I just was attendee in regular jeans and like gawking at all the costumers and loving the cosplays, but not feeling confident for it. So I really got my feet wet when I had a kid that I could just dress up and make him wear whatever I wanted. So that's really how I got into it. I started dressing my children up and I went with like classic 90s X-Men kind of stuff with them for several years. And then they were getting so much good feedback. It kind of got me to want to do my own. And so I graduated into making adult-sized costumes as well.
0: Yeah, it's interesting how many people, the cosplayers that we've had on the podcast that say, you know, I, they were nervous or apprehensive to cosplay at first, because it is super intimidating, especially if you've been before out of cosplay and you've seen how yeah. great
2: people Absolutely. You, you see those things, you're like, how did this person make that? And, right. and of course, you don't, you don't know if they did make that and you're like, am I supposed to make that? Like, there was all <laughs> these you know? <laughs> So, wait a minute I'm supposed to do what yeah <laughs> and like one of the first cons I went to there was someone with like fully articulated wings and I was like well this there's no I can't do this you're crazy we're constantly like well
1: that's really cool how do we do it in our own way because we can't
2: yeah. do that <laughs> <laughs> I still feel that way every time I do a competition and I'm in the green room I'm sitting around just in awe of the things that people are making I'm like well how did you, how did you figure that out? Like it's, Mm -hmm. I still am amazed every time I go to a con or go to a competition with the things people make.
0: There's always someone who's going to do something that in a way that you never would have thought of before. Yeah. Um, So speaking
1: of doing things that, you know, maybe aren't the normal, can we talk about your cosplay name for a little bit and how you, (laughs) how that has come to be?
2: Yeah, so um I originally was not Perler Tricks cosplay, I was Perler tricks art. Um I, okay. I said I teach <laughs> I teach high school art and about I don't know 10 years ago I had a student in my AP studio art class that was doing different ways of doing portraiture and she wanted to do a pixelated portrait, like a super eight-bit kind of style, and we decided to try mm-hmm. doing the melty beads, the perler beads you played with as a kid that you stick an iron and onto and melt them. And we figured that out together and she did a good job. It was this great um, painting um, or drawing, I don't know, beading of herself, whatever. It was one of those and <laughs> I had leftover beads. So that summer I brought those beads home and my son and I made like 8-bit Mario and Luigi and stuff. And I just kind of got addicted to that. And I was like, hey, this is fun. And so I started making all my own versions of pop culture, whatnots out of pixel, 8-bit mini versions, minimalism and i'm from cincinnati and i started setting up at art fairs around cincinnati and it took off and so i like did all kinds of art out of pixels and pearlers and that's where the name came from but then i fell into this cosplay world and didn't want to re-establish my social media presence and so i just kept the same name and kind <laughs> of <laughs> transitioned over and luckily i was already in the whole geek lane as it was. And so most of my followers that liked my geeky art also like my geeky costumes. And so it all worked out.
1: I thought it was really cool. Some of the stuff that you have made from just those perler beads and just watching you through social media. And then, you know, at your cons talking about that, like, once again, that's one of those things that blows my mind. Like how, how did you get that idea to do that? And how much harder is that than just, you know, the conventional way? And
2: Uh, once, once I had it established as that, I thought I was kind of almost like a poser to Perler Tricks cosplay without doing a full costume out of them. So it took me a while (laughs) to like (laughs) really transition and convince myself over there. I was really finding a costume that would fit, that I could make out of Perler Beads. I thought I could do it. I just wanted to find one that made sense out of beads so over the last year and a half or prior is when i really devoted to making a whole costume out of perler beads and it was a lot of physics and figuring out how to make flat beads curve along my body and make it so i could walk and all of that jazz so it was it was a lot of fun in my own way of figuring things out
1: it's insane like i'm sitting here looking at a picture of it right now like just And I remember watching you share updates as you were
0: going with it. You sent me a lot of them because I'm not very social media savvy. So Paige would send it like, because that's such, you know, that's not something like you said, you've got to figure it out yourself. That's not something I've never seen anyone else make an entire costume out (laughs) of further beads. So, you know, there's not really a reference point for, you know, like if you're building armor out of EVA foam, there's a lot of good resources for that but i anticipate you're probably the first one to try to build something completely out of perler beads
2: it was definitely not a lot of tutorials to look at for how yeah. to make and things like that
0: and this is a kind of off topic but it's something i've been thinking of so perler is that is that a trademarked term <laughs> are they giving you like free beads or something no they are not like, which i mean if well, they wanted to i, mean, I wouldn't buy
2: them Perler is just, is it Spanish for bead? Like, it's just a word that means bead in some, in one language. Technically, I guess, probably, but I mean, tricks is all one word, so I'm safe, right?
0: Right. No, yeah. I was just saying, like, if it is, like, you're giving them free advertising, I think they owe you. you know, <laughs> around. Like, well, and just to make something completely out of their product that's so interesting and versatile and unique, like, I reckon they could at least throw some free beads your way yeah i mean that would be nice <laughs>
2: i'll have to i'll have to send on yeah, the podcast yeah. and see that you, well, well, uh, yeah, you think Yeah, we'll, so.
0: we'll send him a strongly yeah. worded email so.
1: <laughs> so i want to talk about there's two other cosplays you've done that i really really want to talk about one of them is your um woody yes yes i uh, we saw you before uh, I, I believe we saw you at a different con before um C2E2. The, was it c2e2 yeah. Before the, too. I remember vividly just the detail. And, you know, when you were, you were wearing it during one of your panels you did, and you were talking about, you know, how to kind of make it look, I don't even know what the word is. That's how much I don't get it, you know, like.
2: Oh, thank you very much. I, I love that costume too. It was, it was my big pandemic build. It was when I was stuck at home um, teaching on a screen. So I had to have some kind of outlet that was fun. So that was, that was Woody. And yeah. I, with him, I always wanted to do it's cell shading is the word you're looking for the make it look ah. like a two, two, two dimensional cartoony kind of look. I always love that. And um, one of the first costumers that I like really fell in love with their style was Ginoza costuming. And yes. he she does a lot of that cell shading like paint jobs are her big thing. And so I always wanted to try one of those after I saw stuff that she did. But I don't play Borderlands or I didn't at the time. And so I didn't want to just jump into something that I wasn't familiar with. So I was just like, well, what can I do? And I love Toy Story and I have the body shape of a toy (laughs) cowboy. So I was like, this fits. So I just decided to like mash the two up together. And that's really kind of something I like to do a lot. I like to do mashups and like my own takes on things. So that's really what got me into it. Just finding something that would work, and then just being like, how can I learn how to do this cell shading thing?
1: Do you think that is your most popular cosplay? Uh,
2: Probably. Um, I have the RC car and everything with it. And when I bring bring RC car and ride it around, then it's one of those times when I can't get anywhere because everybody wants a picture of me inside the car. Right. Which, funny enough, you talked about C2B2. My battery died at C2B2 on my way back to the hotel. (laughs) Oh, no! (laughs) I drove it around too much, I guess. And so I had to like, just pick up the back tires and roll them like a wheelbarrow all the way back to the hotel. So that was kind of terrible.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> so what about a cosplay that um, you wish you had never tried to take on? Do you have any of those?
2: <laughs> I have a half-made Hordak in my closet right now that I've never finished <laughs> So, Will it um, ever be finished? Uh, that was an excellent question um <laughs> i <laughs> i have a very slight build i am like i have been one of those ki- i was one of those people in element, in elementary in high school that like tried to do the weight gainer shakes to put on muscle and it just like i just lost weight like i just am a very slight build person so i had this idea that i was going to make this like muscle bound masters of the universe character because i loved he-man growing up and mm-hmm. i made a muscle suit for it and everything and it just I don't know it's just me in a muscle suit just looks like a dog on its hind legs like it just doesn't work right (laughs) (laughs) I made the cape I love the cape I keep on trying to find a way that I can repurpose the cape because just the muscle suit is just not called in my name right now and I don't know if it ever will yeah we uh
1: we have kind of we've all had you know those things that we've just put away um, and sometimes they get thrown in the dumpster and sometimes they get brought back out. So I always <laughs> think it's interesting to see, like, especially cosplayers that we look up to, like what,
2: what they were like, nope,
1: done with this. Oh. I just think that's always really interesting.
2: Yeah, I mean, I have that every single costume I make. I do at least one thing that I completely just screw up to be on repair and have to try again. I'm working on a Doctor Strange Supreme right here sitting in front of me and the arm bracers, I, the first time I did it, I completely got it done, top stitched it, had it beautiful, loved it, put it on, and it was too big. So I just completely forgot to size it. So, I mean, I do stuff like that every single costume I make.
0: I don't think if there's any costume that either of us, like, loved it the whole way through. We had zero struggles, zero problems. We we're just, I don't think there is.
2: Yeah, I don't think there's exactly.
0: I always say that I'll do like, like sometimes when I'm first like excited about it and planning things in my head, I'll love it. And then I'll actually get working on it. I'll put it on. I'll be like garbage. No, (laughs) dumpster. And then, you know, eventually, hopefully, ideally I'll get back to that. Oh no, actually, I really, really love it again. But I usually go through just extreme, you know, hatred and love. I don't have a lot of in between If things are going poorly, I'm like, I hate it. Why did I think that I could do this costume? Uh, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just simply will not.
2: Expectations and you're pushing yourself though, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like, we, you know, we always want to try something new and, you know, you don't want to do the exact same things.
1: Well, I think for us, especially now, like now that we do the podcast, you know, we, we do interviews and we do little funny, silly things and we cover conventions and, you know, all of that, but we still want to bring interesting cosplay stuff. So we always, I think for me anyway, we have kind of been trying to do new things with our cosplays and, and try new things and and do more trial and error instead of like Jesse said, sticking with the same thing, because we don't want it to be super monotonous and we want to, you know, get better. And that's the only way we're going to do it is by doing sure. new things. But it, there's a there's a certain, I think, pressure with the podcast to to up our games yeah. every once in a while. And I'm sure I'm sure you as uh, somebody who guests at cons and, you know, competes and stuff deals that as well.
2: And I, well, I was saying before, too, like whenever you're in a green room at a competition, you see stuff that you're like, well, why did I even come? Like it's stuff that's just like out of this <laughs> world and it makes you just want to it makes you want to work that much harder. But then at the same time, you don't want to go so hard that you lose focus of the fun of it. So I've been known to do that, too, where I'm just like, how can I make this so intricate? And then I'm like, I don't, I don't want to make this intricate. I want to just have fun with this one. So yeah. I think it's finding that delicate balance there.
1: Yeah. Um, so do, would you have tips for people on how you keep that balance? Is it just a constant reminder, like you constantly being like, hey, no, we're going to have fun with this. That's not why we're doing it. Or... Do you have a special tip or trick for people so they don't get burned out?
2: Um, I think really what worked best for me was when I really accepted that. I mean, I love competing. I'm a competition minded person. Like I always tell my I always tell my friends that like when my wife and I walk from the grocery store to the car, we're racing and she doesn't know it. Like I'm just all about competition. So I love competing, but once I realized that I wasn't really competing against other people, I was just competing against myself. That's really what allowed me to enjoy it always. So, Ah. I mean, it's, you never know who's going to show up. I mean, the very best costumer in the world might show up and there's nothing you can do about that. So if I just make something better than I made last time, if I make something that I learned something from, if I make something that just someone is like, Ooh, that's cool. How'd you do that? then I feel like I've won and that's kind of taken the pressure off of me feeling like I need to place every time. It's just, it's more the experience that I'm going for now.
1: I think that's really great advice and I don't think we've heard that before.
2: Well,
0: I don't think so. I think, yeah, I think there's positive competitive people like you are and then there's people like me. I am a, like the, a dark side competitive person. (laughs) She really is. Yeah. Which is uh, why we do
1: not compete.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like I I tend to take it a little too seriously, like competition. Like I have like, you know, it's, it's a, a character flaw where I'm like, well, if I don't win, I don't know if it's like something from youth or something, like watching too many... <laughs>
1: that's something to discuss
0: with your therapist yeah for
1: real like you were saying I could see very quickly for us how it would not be fun anymore uh I've always been Mm -hmm. straight away for from competing because we both have a little bit of stage fright and I have a lot
0: uh, of stage
1: fright yeah and so I'm like you know what like why would we put that pressure on ourselves we we just started doing panels at conventions this past year and that's that was a lot of fun and but it was still scary and so i'm like let's you know let's just stick to what we're good at which is talking
2: yeah i do not think competition is for everyone by any means i am i'm the opposite of you all like talking is what's difficult for me i can get on a stage and have no problem with that and i can be i can do panels and have no problem with that but like one-on-one talking on the con floor that that is where i get the heebie-jeebies so really Yeah. that is that makes me yeah that's that's where I get nervous so cons actually I'm not cons I'm sorry competitions actually were really good for me because they allowed me to have kind of a a small group that I got to know because the the competition people in the midwest tend to be the same people that show up to multiple cons So you get to see yeah. the same people over and over again and I've built these competition friends that are like my safe people now. So when I go to cons, I'm like, hey, I already know you. I don't have to try to make friends. And it makes it so that I can enjoy the con that much better.
0: Yeah, I'm also very bad at personal interaction. I'm just like bad at people kind of. I don't, but, but not like, at
1: conventions, no, but not like, at conventions. Yeah,
0: for me, it's not so much like feeling nervous. It's just uh, awkwardness. I think I make other people like, I'm probably the person making you uncomfortable. Oh no, it's just <laughs> <a> <laughs> Uh, because I like will like pop up from nowhere to compliment someone. Like I develop a completely new set of skills at a convention where uh you know I just kind of like spawn in out of nowhere and I'm like, I like your costume, and then I'm gone. <laughs> uh the next second and just like popping out to compliment people, or uh I just sometimes phrase things really strangely. Uh, and I think because
1: she only has these skills
0: at conventions she doesn't really right. have a lot of time to hone them right so they're
1: I, very raw skills
0: right like my social skills are non-existent like talking to a stranger literally we bought the wrong light bulbs today my boyfriend and I and I was like see if we have some light that this these will work in And he was like, well, why don't you just return them? And I was like, because then I have to go in and I have to talk to a person. And I really like, no, absolutely. Like uh, we are going to find somewhere to use these light bulbs.
2: Like I absolutely respect that. Like I, before there was online ordering for pizza, I had no pizza because I wouldn't call someone to order pizza (laughs) No, (laughs) I had no pizza. Uh, I totally, totally agree uh, with you. When When I'm in a guesting booth, that is like, That's not me. That's me the guest. When I'm on the stage, that's not me. That's me, the cosplayer. When I'm just on the floor, that's just me. And I can't expose that to people. I'll just have to I have to hide somewhere. So yep.
1: So you kind Ah. of develop a different persona when you are like guesting and doing your panels and stuff.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I I think I take on the teacher persona of that too, which I'm confident in teaching. Mm -hmm. I teach my students all the time. Like I'm cool with that but I don't have just like shoot the breeze conversations with students very often. And people that are good at that are just, they fascinate me. Like,
1: So you mentioned being an art teacher and that just came up again. How do you think you said that sometimes you, your teacher persona takes over, um, you know, when you're guesting, but how do you think the other side of you has, benefited obviously it's benefited your cosplay because you know all these cool things uh but also do you think it's been a detriment to any part of your cosplaying does it make anything more difficult um or is it all positive
2: i don't think i've found anything that's more difficult so far i mean I get the occasional made fun of from my students, but it's all in jest. Like they're like, you, you, they'll be like, do you know you're such a geek? And I'm like, yes, I do. And they're like, yeah, I just want to make sure. Do they you
1: know. think it's cool though? They oh, think they, your cosplay is yeah, cool though. Yeah, they <laughs> do. And yeah. I, I share
2: it with them. When I go to a con or anything, I share it with them. When I was, um, I went to Twitch Con this past year during the school year and they all knew about it. And actually one of my kids was on the Twitch stream and like actually had a comment, that's my teacher. And I was like, super proud of her. <laughs> so like. They, they they go along with it and they have fun with it. So I really don't think there's any negatives to it. I mean, a big positive is I make a big competition build every summer because I'm not working in the summer. So, I mean, there's that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah I, 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 I just
1: wondered if you, like, sometimes were overly critical on yourself or if you just, oh, you know.
2: Yeah, I mean, I do. If I any guess, of that
1: came from being the art
2: director. Yeah, I mean, I definitely do have that because I have pretty much, I, my, my degrees are in photography and I guess I've kind of gotten, I've been teaching for 20 years and I've teach photography a lot. And so I do so much of it at school that I kind of burned out of doing my own art photography. So basically cosplay has become my art. So I do look at it as my self-expression. I think that's why I do so many mashups and gender bins and original takes and stuff, because I do want to make it more my own expression of myself. So I do get caught up in that sometimes, especially if it's a costume that I kind of made up myself, then I will get caught up in how it should be and how it's perceived. And I wanna make sure everybody understands it the same way. So I look at it pretty much like I would of an art piece in a gallery. Like I want it to be understood without me having to explain it, but then that sometimes gets in your way. So yeah, I definitely think I trip myself up with that sometimes.
0: I think that you said in a much nicer way Something Because, like I said, Paige and I do a lot of mashups and genderbent costumes as well. And we've kind of talked about, you know, we don't really know why. But, you know, the idea of putting your own spin on it, making it more original. And it does take a certain amount of creativity to try to figure out. Like you said, so we just did, for this past Dragon Con, with a bunch of friends, we did, like, Rococo. Oh, yeah
2: i saw those
0: Um, i love them yeah marvel so there a ton of like i did a ton of research like okay like how much do i want this to be kind of historically accurate and how much do i want this to be readable as scarlet witch like what what concessions am i willing to make here and there Mm -hmm. you know how much do i want to go for readability so there is a lot of thought that goes into that that's not even really directly making the costume just like okay how am i going to make this both readable re- readable as both things not just one or the other so i think you just said it in a lot better way <laughs>
2: than page yeah, I,
0: I yeah i
2: fully respect screen accurate cosplayers that like really get all the screenshots and look at it and that's a great way to do it And i love it when they do that i see them on in person i'm like how did you make it so accurate but it just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't sing for me the same way as doing something a unique take does. So I think it's just each cosplayer finds their niche. That's like their favorite thing. And I just, I love making the weird stuff. I love making the mashups and the like stylistic changes and historical changes. That's where, that's where I get excited.
1: You mentioned TwitchCon. Can you kind of tell us how you got in, uh, you know, how you were approached to start guesting and what that experience has kind of been like for you.
2: Okay, well, um, TwitchCon actually was just, com- I was just competing there. I was not- You were testing. competing
1: at TwitchCon. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. it's uh, it is actually TwitchCon's contest is a really awesome contest that a lot of people have in our area at least have not really gotten onto very much. So it's one where you just stream making your contest, I'm mean, making your costume and then you apply and they select 15, 12, something like that. people. And they actually fly you to San Diego and put you up while you're out there and let you compete. It's one of, it's, it was awesome. Like they fed us food and everything. It was amazing. But um, I mean,
1: that sounds a lot like guesting to me. They're flying you out there. That is so awesome.
2: It's true. I, they they took such good care of us. Wow. Was, so if you, if any of your listeners are competitors, they're, I mean, they're going to be doing it again this year. I highly, highly recommend the TwitchCon costume contest. It was amazing. But that There's that one. And then for other guesting, I've been, I actually started just close to home here. Um, there's a series of small town cons or just one day cons around the Ohio Valley area here. And I started with them and started doing the costume contest with them and um, judging with that and leading panels. And that just kind of led to people sharing my name around with other places and it, I kind of just fell into it, and I think it's a lot of times when you're doing guesting, it's what you can bring to a convention, and mm-hmm. I I am able to bring educational panels that I'm very confident with, and that I I've had a lot of good response from people at my panels, and I think that's really what has gone on before me to help me line up other positions.
0: Sometimes it is intimidating for us not being you know like having the podcast, but again not being you know we're not expert armor builders or extra expert sewers or yeah. expert <laughs> electronics uh, circuiters or anything. So it can be intimidating to go to a, a panel like that and talk to someone, you know, like dumb it down for me, give me like the basic, you know, or being intimidated just to talk to someone who is so skilled and whose work you admire so much. But I think that's what part of what Uh, really stood out to us about the panels there at Fan Fan Expo was everybody was so like all the cosplay panels we went to which is mostly what we went to cosplay podcast but and also that's just what we're personally interested in but cosplay can sometimes be very gatekeepy like you were we're talking about people people not wanting to share well mm, I don't want to share my secret of how I made this but everyone there was so welcoming and happy to talk about how they did stuff and happy to give you information and just personable so it like you said probably our favorite cosplay panels of any con um, i love yeah.
2: so. i love hearing that and i i mean i can't speak for everyone but personally when i guessed i want people to talk to me that's why i'm there like i want to be able to get to know people and share what I can like I even have a sign that I print out that just says tell me about your cosplay because I want people to just walk up and let's talk about that that's the whole that's the whole vibe that I try to give off and I don't think anyone necessarily like ruined my day and like made me feel like that wasn't the case when I was just attending cons I think I just I think I projected that onto people that Mm -hmm. I was like they're too good to want to talk to me And so I just, I really want to go out of my way to make sure people know that that's not the case. Like most of us that when we guest, we want to, we want to talk about it. We are comic and um, pop culture geeks too. We are costume geeks. We want to talk about all that jazz. Yeah, Uh, I think it's
1: probably something all of us as cosplayers, especially, uh, you know, anybody that's new in the hobby, just a kind of a thing we all feel is oh we don't want to bother these people like they're so busy they're guesting they're doing this um you know their cosplays are so much better than mine like I can't talk to them like I think it's you know a socially awkward thing that we all do
2: (laughs) and I mean Um, I no offense to all of us but I think a lot of the socially awkward people are attracted to comic con in the first place so (laughs) for sure yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah I was gonna say the same thing that I think that that probably has a lot to do with the overlap uh between you know the convention scene and fandom scene in general i think is appealing to maybe people who don't have uh that are a little awkward i don't yeah. think that. Well, we, uh, an unfair, we've talked
1: about
0: it unfair uh, like reason. where
1: you're concerned jesse like con-, con and cosplay is a space where you connect with people like, and so that's your safe space. And that's why you are more um, out of your box and out of your shell at conventions is because if somebody comes up to you and says, oh my gosh, I love your XYZ cosplay. It's because they know that material, that source material and, or they just think you look good. And so that just gives you like a starting ground and makes it
2: less awkward. Yeah, you have that automatic connection. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, that's that's I think what most people in the con scene are into is the connection of, oh, all of these people here like nerdy things like me.
2: Yep. (laughs) They've already passed their test.
1: Yeah, yeah, right, right. We're all weird. Great. (laughs) Um, So is something that you have really taken away from guesting or competing at some of these bigger cons or it does not matter the size of the con at any of the cons um something you've really taken away that you're like man I am so glad that I've done this
2: I mean just just meeting people and getting out of my own way and getting to know people and stuff that's really what I've taken away the most of it like I constantly talk to my wife and kids I'm like oh my cosplay friend that I've really probably only met a few times but then I stay Mm -hmm. close to them on social media and I'm like I have these friends that live all over the country that when I get to see them at cons I'm like I'm not a hugger but I'm like I will hug you like that's that's (laughs) what I have that is what I've taken away from it it's just um finding like-minded people who just really enjoy playing adult dress up and can talk about it for hours that's that is my favorite thing and then The other thing with competing, I always tell people, once you get to that level, it's so much easier to compete when you realize that you are just having fun with friends instead of competing against enemies. Like they're just friends. And when one of them wins, you're just as excited for them as if when you win, because you've made these connections with people.
1: Right. Yeah. That's, that's how we feel. I think with the podcast as well as like That's been our biggest takeaway is just all the friends, like you said, cosplay friends that we don't see very often. But when we do, we're Mm -hmm. so excited and we're like hyping them up, you know, behind the scenes. And it's just been such a eye opening experience because before we had this podcast, we cosplayed and we went to cons and but it was just us and maybe a couple other friends that came along every once in a while. But it was just Jesse and I. And that's generally fine because we've been best friends for almost 30 years, but it has really just changed how we do conventions and how we look at cosplaying and, Mm -hmm. and other cosplayers as well. And taught us so much just, you know, because we have these other people in our lives now that kind of open our eyes to those things. It's just, I think that's the best part of cosplay you know, yes, I really like to be crafty and to sew and to do these things and to wear these cool costumes, but like when it comes down to it, it's about the connections that you make and the the people.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think since the pandemic, we're all so hungry for more connection anyway. And so if I can find it a way to make it easier like this, I'm all for it.
0: So many super cool people that we've gotten to meet and talk to that we would not have Without the podcast or without cost, but you know, we wouldn't have the podcast without cosplay. Yeah. So, right. a lot of people there, you know, yes, making it is a fun challenge and a way to be creative, but meeting cool people and connecting with people that you would never get all different types of people that, especially for us, you know, we're in the middle of nowhere, both of us. So, you know, different people that we would never get to me otherwise you know now some of our closest friends are in texas
2: and harken back to what we were saying before if i weren't if i wasn't in a costume i would not be able to meet and talk to the people that i can when i'm in a costume something about that gives me superpowers yep
0: yep mm -hmm, yep same thing for me it's you know something about like uh this isn't my normal self or you know it's almost like a disguise or something like or just being like this is something that i've worked so hard on As opposed to, you know, like a t-shirt and sweatpants at the grocery store or something, you know, like something about it. You're right. It makes it a lot less scary to talk to people and open up to people for whatever reason it is. Like there's so like Paige will always point out like when con Jesse arrives, like (laughs) when we when we step out onto the show floor or when we, you know, first get to Dragon Con and we're checking into the hotel. And I start just, you know, random people, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even like brief connections with people that, you know, you may not even get their name, but it's just such a nice way to connect with other people because we don't get that often. Uh, like you said, especially since the pandemic.
2: Yeah. So, and I, I totally agree with you and I just, I owe it all to the community, which I, I it's a is a tight-knit community that can be really positive and really cool if you find the right people. Agreed, for sure.
1: So before we wrap up here, is there anything that you are really excited about that you're working on right now or any big plans you have for events this year that you want to talk about?
2: Well, I told you, I mentioned it slightly. I am working on a Doctor Strange Supreme from the What If um, Disney Plus. Show. Yes. So I am I'm really excited about it because uh, you mentioned earlier how you avoid burnout, and usually I do like a competition piece and then I'll do just a funsies piece. And this was supposed to be my just for funsies piece, but I I don't know, it's it's dipping further towards competition the further I get because I've just had you're going down it. a dark path, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I just keep on being like, Well, what if I added this? And so it is what I'm really looking forward to right now, although I have the big cape yet to do and that's really intimidating to me because I don't know exactly how I'm gonna do it. It's one of those taking a cartoon, things that can be real in cartoons to put to be real in real life is gonna be hard because it's, it's a big old cape that stands up on its own and flops around and everything. So that is what I'm excited about and I'm, I mean, I'm excited to tackle it. We'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, I love the cape. Sounds- I'm yeah. excited about it. I'm gonna be <laughs> following closely for cape updates.
2: Well, um, I'm trying a new product. There's a product from Warbler called CobraCast that is supposed to be a sewable thermoplastic that will then make things stiff, kind of like buckrome and things like that. And I've never tried it before. So that is what I'm gonna be using on the big stand-up collar. So I will, I will be keeping people informed about how that goes
0: i'm oh, excited page can attest that's my favorite thing if we see a cool cape at convention i will talk about it or, <laughs> i love a cape jesse really.
1: likes anything that has a lot of drama yeah, behind correct. it so
0: drama that's i think yeah that's another thing about a cape like the way it flows like when you're walking dramatic love it yeah
2: instant drama for sure <laughs>
0: I'm going to start, like 2023, you know, it's just started. We're not very far in it. I'm going to start wearing capes, I reckon.
2: <laughs> the year it's of the capes. <laughs> you
0: better get business to sew I guess. Business casual capes.
2: <laughs> business casual capes. I feel like yeah. I, you need to <laughs> Yeah, know. that's
0: going to be my new, my new, I'm going to try Aesthetics. to make it a thing.
1: Yeah really going to put a spin on things.
2: Yeah, um okay
1: well Brian thank you so much for being on with us. Um will you tell everybody where they can find you and your amazing work on social media?
2: Absolutely. Um I am Perler Tricks on pretty much everything. So I do most of my stuff on social media on Instagram, but I also am Perler Tricks on Facebook as well as TikTok. Well once again
1: <laughs> thank you so much for being on with us. We really enjoyed talking to you. I'm sorry if it was uh awkward
2: or painful in any way. Oh no. <laughs> no like i said i am i am good with this and i appreciate it i i hope that i was able to fulfill your expectations as well
0: oh yeah no we we were super excited uh to have you on like i said it uh legitimately Paige will probably edit this out of the podcast because i'm gonna gush a little bit but it meant so much to me when you messaged her (laughs) <laughs> that thing on instagram i was like well i was like genuinely just so touched i was like what a nice thing for him to take his time to help us out like and again we love your work we're genuinely impressed with your work and we loved your panels like that was not just us blowing smoke like we were super oh. happy to have you on so i yeah. love to
2: hear that yeah, I, we're,
0: we're
1: I, back yeah, here yeah. we're back here rooting for you on this side of social media so oh, yeah, thank you very yeah. much Okay, guys, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. Uh, We hope that you enjoyed getting to know Brian and we hope that you follow along with him and his social medias. He's a lot of fun and everything he shares and does has been so insightful and we just really enjoy him. So
0: we hope that you did too. Follow along with me to watch uh, Cape News. That's going to be my new nighttime podcast, Cape News. Follow along with Perler Tricks uh, to watch his cape
1: progress. Uh, Jesse will be watching on the edge of her seat. And then follow along with Jesse to see how 2023 is the year of the capes for her. So you can also follow along with us. We are on Facebook and Instagram at Cosplay and Cocktails Pod. We're also over on the TikTok at Cosplay and Cocktails. You can send us stuff. You can follow along. You can you know, interact with us there, Um, but if you you really want to, do
0: they, do you? I don't, but they, you don't, people do, there are people. You don't think that there's another Jesse out there listening to this? Oh, I certainly hope not. (laughs) Uh. Well, you know, okay,
1: we're going to assume you know how social media works. You know what to do there, so I'm not going to tell you,
0: but um, we also have, maybe they don't know what to do to us on social media that what to didn't do come out that that nope. <laughs> uh, fix that in post uh okay make that um better. Okay.
1: Jesse, as you can tell doesn't know how to talk or do social media but what she can do no. is work our email and our website and she's going to tell you all about that
0: Yeah, you can find me uh, both places. Our website is pretty neat. You can find all of our episodes uh, organized by category and also by seasonings. Go to the website first and then hit contact us. And uh, what that will do is it will allow you to contact us. Uh, if you'd like to do that or see any of the things I previously mentioned, or if you think my idea is a good idea and that we should change the seasons to seasons uh, you can go to www.podpage.com forward slash cosplay pod and check out the website, contact us. It's got links to the podcast on, whatever player you'd like to, I mean, you're already listening to it if you're hearing this. So, but if you want to try out a new player, hey, maybe in 2023, maybe this is the year you try Stitcher. Maybe it's the year you try Deezer. We don't know what that is, but we're on it. Maybe- We're there. Maybe you'll like it. Maybe you'll like Deezer. Try it. Try new things in 2023. If you don't want to go to the website because, you know- you're you're not into that even though i worked really hard on it it's fine you can just email me directly uh things i like uh for you to email me is weird fish pics uh Mm -hmm. interesting plants and also mushrooms any kind of cool cosplay or fandom or con news cocktail recipes mocktail recipes send me some of those you could send us cosplayers that we should interview. We've got some in uh, some suggestions for that. So we're gonna try to have some of those folks on the podcast, uh, if they will be on here. Can also send stuff that you're working on that you'd like us to feature on the social media. You know what we could also use right now is I, things we should cosplay, give us some ideas yeah we some things gotta, you really USU? gotta figure that out we don't got a ton of ideas um
1: do you want to tell them where they can send all those things
0: oh uh, you can send that stuff to our email which it's Pod at gmail.com that's gmail.com um okay are we done we are done. Zhanghou um, I'm out. Okay bye.